everyone. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Squad Pod. Here's your host, my dad, Troy Dog. All right, people. Welcome to another episode of the Squad Pod. I got a pretty cool episode today. I'm not gonna lie. So, uh, backstory first. When I was looking through tracks in Texas to talk about with Hard Dog, I came across Cycle Ranch, and it's like this moto mecca of awesomeness. And I was so pumped about it. I wrote a story on it about how I'm planning a trip to shred there this year. I was back in January, but like, I really want to go here. And I got my buddy Fro, Jeff Ambig. He wants to go with me. So you never know. Maybe we can just get this going. So we're kind of planning that. But this is a track that is, it's 100 acres on a small town of Floresville, uh, Texas, which is to the southeast of San Antonio. And uh, it has a national track, vet track, night track, turn tracks, trails, a BMX pump track. Like it's perfect for a weekend race or just if you want to plan a trip with your buddies, just go to Cycle Ranch. They have everything you need. And one of the coolest part about Cycle Ranch is you can go on their website and they have classes. You can learn to ride there. You can even rent a bike off the website right there for a decent price. See, I'm excited about it. I'm just I'm just going to go. I'm going to go. But I did my research on it and uh, the track is owned by Ian Gray. Ian uh, has owned it. Well, he owned it for a little bit first, uh, a couple, like a decade ago. And then I don't know what happened. He gets into it here, but he's back. And last year was a building year. And this year he's hitting it full force. He's putting all his time and effort into this. And he's doing some really cool stuff. So what I wanted to do is go in and find out first who he is, get his backstory and come to find out it's pretty cool very successful gentleman. So I want to get his backstory and then I want to talk about Cycle Ranch this year and then the future of the track because as far as I know, this looks like it's not going anywhere and the dirt's perfect. I've asked Hard Dog about it. He said it's it's awesome. He's been there a bunch and the track and the dirt is just perfect every time he's been. So nothing but good things here about Cycle Ranch. So let's get to it. We're going to talk to Ian, maybe some howling monkeys, because he lives in Costa Rica, which I think is also awesome. So I'm going to go to Cycle Ranch, and then I'm going to go to Costa Rica and hang with my buddy Ian. Let's check out what he has to say. All right, joining me today, I have a very special guest. He's the creator and owner of Cycle Ranch down in Texas. It's a great track. Um, talked to a lot of people that have been there, and it's, it's really great. They have a good time. But it's Ian Gray. What's going on, Ian? And I'm just, um, I'm really excited about 2024. We, we, uh, you know, brought Cyclonics back to life just about a year and a half ago. And, and we have such a great team and great community. So now we kind of know what we're doing a little bit all together and we know who everybody is and, um, just the events are just going to be running really smooth and seamlessly. Whereas last year, everything was like an experiment. So I'm just pumped to be in this spot of having like a little bit of knowledge and, and, uh, great people around us. How you doing? And I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. No one ever asked me how I'm doing, so this that was cool. So thanks for that. I, it's probably because we, we we did that do that all before we started recording. But, true. Um... True. <laughs> that is also true. So you bring it back. Um, I've I've talked to some riders in Texas. They've been um, five years ago or so. Um, when did actually Cycle Ranch 
become a thing? Um, what year did you open originally? Yeah, so um, it actually started way before me. Oh, okay. Dyke Ranch started, I believe, in 98. Um, it's got a really cool story. The owner of VP Fuels and his buddy, um, and actually I think he works there as well, a guy Steve Burns and Mike Pitts um, were out at this property, and, and Steve, the owner, had, had initially intended to buy, well, he bought it for a horse farm for his, uh, his girlfriend at the time. And the story, as it was told to me, um, is that Mike came out there and was like, did you see the dirt here? You, there's no way you can do this as a horse farm. You need to make this motocross track. So they started riding a little bit and they started inviting people over. And then uh, it became uh, a track known as VP. I think it was just called VP. And they put a ton of infrastructure in and really built a great program into the early 2000s. Um, the women's WMX was birthed at Cycle Ranch uh, by a woman named Nikki Keller. And there was another woman involved that I don't want to say the wrong name, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, those who know, know. And it's created a huge legacy um, because it was one of the first premier tracks in the country. Um, and the dirt there, everybody just loves. So they, they created a great program with, with everything they did. And um, one of the events they had was the Team USA MX Championships. Um, so what we, we've been doing is really we didn't get it until 2012, late 2012. So there was a good 10 year gap or nine year gap of it, not necessarily getting the attention it needed. So we got it in 2012 and we really, you know, put our heart and soul into it for several years and, um, built a night track and several other tracks, a lot of other things to do out there. And it was, it was a great, amazing experience. And then, uh, you know, some personal things in my life took me away. So I leased the place out and uh, ended up thinking it was sold and it wasn't, and it was back in my hands. And, uh, you know, I, the place is just so amazing. And the history there, just the community and everything is, uh, is, is something that doesn't really exist much in the world anymore. So I feel like I'm, I'm now charged with this responsibility and um, I, I don't take that lightly. It's more than just racing. You have daily practice, you have riding camps, you, you house off-road trucks there. Um, you can even learn to ride there. Um, bike rentals. Like This seems like it's just a destination rather than just a, a race weekend sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because... I'm a motocross guy, right? Mm -hmm. if we, my first memory is is wanting to dirt bike. And my parents were like, no way, it's too dangerous, it's too expensive, all those things. And eventually they said, when you can buy one, you can have one, thinking that would mean when I was 18. But then I came home with a dirt bike and they had no choice. And they're like, uh-oh, right? And that, I, I forced them into it because I went and mowed lawn and picked up dog poop so I could buy my first CR60. And... Um, I think there's a lot of us riders that have a similar story where they we just saw a motocross bike and like thought it was the most amazing thing and then eventually got into riding and racing and, and wanted to pursue it as a career and try to go pro and life took us other directions. And, you know, for me, I, I dreamed of owning a track. I, I built, I stopped racing. I got my pro license. I went to Loretta's. I did all that stuff. I stopped racing did the college thing, went off into the, you know, the real world, as many of us are told we're supposed to. And, you know, I had early success. So when, when I did, 
um, I came back to motocross because I went through a big period of depression because I felt like I had no purpose and I lost that, that excitement that I found riding motocross. So I got back into it and I stumbled upon Cycle Ranch and I saw that it was a place that was doing for others what motocross did for me and gave me that direction, gave me that focus, taught, taught me all kinds of values. Um, and it's, so it's more than just the aspect of riding. It's everything goes along with it. And that is really the primary driver at Cycle Ranch is really more the culture and the experience that you have when you're there. Like you can just let go of everything else in the world. So we want to make everything easy for you. So we have the training. We have multiple tracks for every level. We have bikes for rent. And we have a cafe. And our cafe is like down to we installed special water filters because the water in many areas is very questionable, right? We want to have like the primary health. You put VP in your bike, you use race gas in your bike, we should be putting in our body. All our food is, you know, top notch. And we want to we want to make it that feel like you go there, you need nothing. You just come with your bike if you have one and good mindset. And even if you come with bad mindset, you'll be leaving with a good one because your experience is just like, wow, life can just be easy. I wish the day wasn't over. It's a good way to put it. And honestly, um, in talking with you the past couple of weeks, you breezed over it there. But you have a very interesting life story. Um, you're you're fairly young, and you're you 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 have a track now. I mean, it's like that wasn't always your thing, though. You weren't just the, the track owner. You you actually went to college, right? And 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 had a bunch of success in business. So yeah, yeah. yeah it feels like such a distance past. And it's funny because when I moved to Texas, I took it for granted. Like I literally went to New York City with a credit card and a dream and somehow left like right, like done, like ready, ready to pursue whatever else I wanted to. Like I, I feel like I did New York. I had an amazing advertising business, um, created cool technologies and had just had great people to work with. And I've watched them, many of them become very successful after their tenure at um, Innovation Ads. And, and you know, I came to, to Texas and I took it for granted. Like I, I had this knowledge from having a business that I grew from credit card to a couple hundred employees um, and a master's degree and whatever comes along with that. So I just, I came with like that whole New York energy when I first got there. And like was putting structure to everything and putting, making it so corporate in terms of how we run the business to try to make it something that was set up for growth and growing the sport and, and what, what I kind of saw in that direction. And a lot of people just wanted to have their backyard track. They just wanted they, or just have their place to ride. And that's all it was to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't even see that that's what it was. Right. So I, I had this vision, okay, this can be this thing. And then there was the people that were, you know, liked it the way it was. And and now I think what we've been able to do is be able to accommodate both of those because we have the corporate aspect of how we operate, but we are we are a family owned, family run business. We are a part of the community. We're I'm out there riding all the time. Like I I go ride some other places every once in a while, but it's like hard for me to do because like I, I feel for me of all the places I've ridden, which is a lot, like this place is magical. So, um, 
it just it becomes something that's part of who I am and who my my family is at this point. And it and it might be a little different than the way that most people approach businesses because I've got that corporate experience and the education. I build business plans. I build you know forecasts. I I have everything down to the penny. And then next minute I'm doing things that OSHA would probably give me a fine for because I, I was doing it, <laughs> but it's my place. I'll go up in the loader bucket and the ladder <laughs> yeah. or something random like that. Right. So it's, it's a really, it's kind of like two worlds I get to live in. That is interesting. And it's not something that you hear about often in this sport. So you, you, you grow up, you race, uh, and then, you know, real world hits you. You got to make a decision. Hey, do I keep pursuing motocross or do I go off to college? Where exactly did you go off to college at? And then what what'd you go for? And you obviously went back for your master's, but uh, just kind of go through that process. Yeah. So I, um, I went to Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton, and I got a uh, bachelor's in marketing and advertising with a minor, I think, real estate. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I think it's in real estate. It's a side of real estate. Um, and I know I took a bunch of but it's so long ago. Yeah. I don't even think about this stuff. Um, so, you know, I did that. I, what, you know, what happened was I had this, this idea in my head that I was going to go graduate high school early and be able to do the nationals in, uh, in the summer of 96, right. That's when I was graduating. And, um, I had this idea in my head, if I can graduate early, I can go do all the nationals and, and at least get one year shot at doing this. And I thought I had it all set up and it came time to graduate and I couldn't get the proper paperwork signed um, unless I agreed to start going to college, like last minute. And I was like, wait, what? Right. And so otherwise I was going to be stuck in high school for an extra half a year and I was going to be able to graduate high school early now. Right. Mm -hmm. So my original intention was to do that, start the nationals that kind of got switched on me. And, um, then I went off to college early and then I ended up like, I still wanted to go race and ride and do all that stuff. So I did the same thing. And like, I blitzed through my, my bachelor's degree. I did that in three years. And, um, then when I was done, I didn't have anything. So I, it was all actually motivated by me wanting to get back into racing. I ended up getting a sales job and, um, it was, it was throwing off some cash and I got my master's at night during that. And then the next year was like thinking I was going to go off to motocross, but, uh, it didn't happen. I ended up, ended up actually moving to Spain so, <laughs> that, and then Sweden. Was that for, so, for, um... It was a great life experience, but everything was driving me back to, to be able to get back into it, to riding. Just something, you know, some force beyond me. Did you move there for business or did you move there for uh, like an internship? So I was, um, I think I was 21 and I was living in my parents' basement. I was had this sales job and I made like a boatload of money. And I was like, okay, I could either get back into motocross and start from scratch, spend all the, almost all the money that I had in the first year and just have one year of trying to get back into it. Or I can go see the world. And, um, I was like, you know what, I, I think I, I think I actually need to go see the world. So I, I left, um, by myself with a backpack and two duffel bags. I really should have not brought the duffel bags. Um, I sent them back pretty quickly to, uh, 
to London and then was supposed to go to Ireland, but decided to go to France instead and went to Belgium and Amsterdam and then went south and, and did you know, Germany and Switzerland and ended up in Italy. And I was going to go to Austria and uh, maybe study some German, but it was so cold. And I was like, where can I go? And I was like, south of Spain. So I kind of just, I've kind of always had that approach where I just follow my heart. And I might have a long-term plan, but I'm, I'm not going to get there the way I think I am. Like I have these other little things that come up that say, hey, you got to put your attention over here. And, and for me, that's, that's exciting. But this is like, this is way different than the track, right? So mm-hmm. um, I don't know how deep you want to go into this stuff. No, I, I'm, I'm totally into this because it's, it's a cool, you've, what you've done is you've taken your whole life um, experience and seeing the world and, and all these different things you've done and you've applied it to the values of your track today, which that's what I'm trying to paint the picture of. Like you've seen so much, but you're all bringing it back to what works and, and trying to make this awesome destination for or your fellow peers that love motocross a place to go and ride. So I think that's great. Like you don't see that kind of uh, setup every day. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. What you just said actually gave me chills. Um, <laughs> So when I was living in New York, I was living in between New York and, and Miami for a while with my advertising business. And there was a social club I had um, that I went to where it was great for meeting all of our clients and, and just everything was kind of top notch, but it wasn't like a stuffy country club. It was actually more geared towards people that were artistic and musical and the creative side of the world, but they had a lot of business mind set. They had all the acumen, um, but they also had like lots of families hanging out and it was like, everything was just taken care of. You walked in and you knew you were going to be seated when you're supposed to be seated. Your order was going to be good. Your food was going to be good. They had amenities, they had music, they had everything that you possibly could need. And you could walk out to the beach in the Miami one. And it's just like, it gave you this, this sense of like place. Like this is like, I feel when I'm here, I know like I'm in the right spot. And I actually try to bring a lot of that level of like concierge to cycle ranch. Like I want people to come through and be like, man, I'm home. I'm home. Like I want my kids to grow up here. I don't even want to leave this place because I know when I'm here, I'm around good people that share my values and see the world similarly to me and are open-minded to my views. I'm open-minded to theirs. And then, you know, we go out on the track and we test our skills and we, we can create camaraderie out of it. And it allows us to like put our money where our math, mouth is in some area. And then we come off and, and we measure what we did and we improve ourselves and we apply that in other areas of our lives too. So um, like that's, that's the kind of world that I think most people feel when they come to cycle ranch, if they see it mm-hmm. and Motocross is the vehicle that drives us all there. The motocross teaches us all these lessons that are, if we see that they are connected, they're great for business. They're great for our fitness. They're great for our families. They're great for our um, intimate relationships. It's and and I kind of try to pull that out when people are there, which and everybody wants to talk about the dirt and i'm like okay <laughs> um i'll talk about the dirt but man like there's so much more going on here for me anyway that's that's what i got yeah yeah it's more than just a track for for you and then and what what i'm when i'm looking at, at these notes and things i have here it's, it's like 
what you, you're very successful in business and then you make that transfer over. I don't want to say you're, you, you, you're retired now because I'm sure cycle ranch gives, get, you give a lot of time to that and I'm sure it's like a full-time gig, but what, what's that dynamic like for you now when you made that transfer from, you know, your business side of life to now the track life, which is also your business, but it's just a different type of business. It's a very different type of business, like a very different type of business. Like I, in my old business, in a 30 minute phone call, pretty much was sure that we had deals done that were five figures plus, you know, six months of execution and schedule a team to, to make sure it's all taken care of, make sure there's a follow up process. Right. But, when you have five figures plus to work with one client to make sure things are right, you can, you can try and test so many things to make it perfect for that client. Whereas when you've got somebody coming to the gate and they're paying 25 or 45 or even $8 as a spectator and they're upset because they want something, they don't want to pay that. They're upset about $5 because they think it should be 40 or 20 or free or whatever it is. And you're like, there's so many expenses and there's like so little ways to make money. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge challenge. It's a huge, huge challenge when it comes to the motocross. And the only way to really ensure you're going to make money is to minimize your expenses because the revenue is never guaranteed. Like weather can change. There can be somebody can schedule a race on top of you and just move things, right? Like all kinds of weird variables happen that, outside of your control so you gotta you gotta be like walking like a this thin line all the time and it's like this this bubble this this line or bubble that you're on all the time whereas in the, the corporate world and running you know advertising agency it's pretty pretty easy once you break through the line to like just keep growing it um, because the, the deal sizes are bigger and you have more support for it. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. No, it does. And 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 like you were saying with support, you have you have quite a good team you've assembled down at the track. It's a small team, but it seems like you guys have all your ducks in a row when it comes to uh, you know, promotion of the events to, you know, everyday life down at, at Cycle Ranch. Yeah, I mean, we we have an incredible team. I'm I'm so so grateful i hear from so many people that they can't find people to work um and this this day and age and and what we find is so far knock on wood is like the few people that don't want to work they're like they're out within the first day because there's nothing easy about the cycle ranch work even the cafe there's stuff you got to be willing to do that's that's challenging you got to lift heavy stuff you got to deal with angry people sometimes very rarely but you got to know how to you know handle those situations and and have that emotional intelligence to do it um and and really you know be put on the spot we had we had an incident like where our flag it got windy and our flag ripped in half and it got didn't get pulled down yet because it because Um. the locker on it broke so we couldn't pull it down and it was like a an event day so it was just like we didn't have people to do it we had somebody actually drive in like start screaming at our staff about the flag and they have to know how to handle that stuff so it's um 
you have to have like a really good skill set and be able to deal with the way unexpected at all times. So if, if you're not apt for that, like you're out like within a few hours, like we got, we all know. Mm-hmm. And then if people make it, then, uh, you know, they, it tends to be all the people that share the values that, that we're putting out there and make sure that they're, you know, walking in integrity with, with high level of discipline, high expectations of, of, of everybody and the willingness and gratitude and that kind of stuff. Um, so actually right now I'm not even at the track. Our last race, I wasn't even at the track. So, um, you know, you mentioned the retired thing and I actually got a, a solid, time of feeling retired i i've been living in costa rica for five years and when psychoactive got handed back to me i was like wait what <laughs> i'm like I'm, I'm i go surf i hang out with my four-year-old right and, and do stuff with him all day so you know i had this like family life that's just awesome and then when psychoactive got handed back into my hands i was like what is going on what is going on um it didn't sell I thought it was sold to somebody that was going to be able to take really good care of it. They had a, a great plan for it. Um, and it didn't happen. And I'm like, I'm sitting here living this life and I feel really good about who I am, my connection to God, my connection to my family. Like why is this putting back in my hands? And, um, what am I supposed to do here? And hmm. I did a lot of praying about it. And, um, you know, what, a lot came back, but one of the main main things was, yeah, you have your your connection here clean. You have your yourself, your family, and now you're going to be responsible for helping that with a community and creating a place for a community of people that don't necessarily have a place to go to. That's like where you get to live every day. You selfish brat. <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, right, shit." <laughs> um, all right, fine, I'm going. Right, and I got a lot of gray hairs um, as a result of it. And uh, my first six months back, I crashed on my dirt bike, broke ribs, um, hurt my hip, I hurt my femur. Like I was like walking on crutches, driving dozers. Like it, it was like paying my dues back to bring the place back to life. But it, it's it's so incredibly rewarding when we have an event and you get to see the faces of of the kids when they come off the track and I mean even adults and, and their families and, and get to be part of that. And then surprisingly, like being here, because I come back here for we don't know where our schedule is going to be yet because we're kind of in both worlds. Um, but when I come back here, I can like zoom the lens out and come up with the overarching plan for the entire year and kind of think more long term than when I'm there because it's more like in the weeds. But surprisingly, this last weekend, we had uh, a race and um, I got a flood of messages of about how much fun it was. And I'm, I'm sitting here in like this, this place that I, I love so much and finding myself wishing I got to be there. Right. So it's like, wait, what's going on here? So, you know, um, our minds are bifurcated. So, you know, you never know what uh, the right thing to do is, I guess. That's interesting you say that. Like, you you, uh, 
a case of missing out. And, um, it, it, you know, I, you let me see a little bit of your world there and it's, it's really awesome. Um, you got monkeys there, you can, you know, in the jungle, um, it's just the birds in the background, just, just jungle really. And it, it's, it's, how did you settle on, on Costa Rica of all places? Is that like always the plan or did you, um, just kind of, you know, come across it like on a trip, one of your trips, I guess. Yeah, I um, I came. I think it was two thousand six. I came the first time. Um, I wanted to learn how to surf, and um, I decided to take a week off from work. I'd been killing myself at Innovation Ads, and I came down here, and I didn't realize that it was rainy season, and it was just like messy, and like I was. I just got tossed around by the ocean for five days, basically. I rested up on one wave. And um, despite that, it was just so incredibly beautiful and peaceful where I went. And I had always wanted to come back. And um, I eventually came back here about eight years ago and um, on on an event for... I was speaking at the Association of Transformational Leadership, so the summit that's here, because I have a whole other life. Like, I I, I, I do, I, I help people with meditation, um, breath work. That's what I was doing a lot of while I was here, even though I'm retired, right? But what do I do with myself? Like, i got to get back in some way. So breath work, meditation, gong, medicine balls, like all that stuff. And, um, helping people uncover, you know, unlimited beliefs and kind of coaching people through issues like anxiety and stress and helping them to build their emotional intelligence so they don't take on other people's anger yeah, or frustrations or whatever it is. They take on what they choose to take on. They know their own energy, right? So you have all these people in the world getting triggered. They need, they need some methodologies to help them. So we've been spending a lot of time doing that. Um, now I completely forgot why I went that direction and told you about that, but, um, it's that, that's what I was, I was doing when I, when I, I kind of put that on on the the side when I came back to cycle ranch. Okay. No, it makes sense. It's a perfect place, perfect atmosphere to do that in. And and I mean, if I'm, if I want to get away from the world, I'm going to Costa Rica. So I, (laughs) (laughs) that's where I want to. Yeah. So and, and definitely you should, and there's some amazing tracks here. There's amazing tracks here. Like, there's two places you gotta visit. Um, one is Flow, and the other one is Motorland CR. Um, I actually, I want to do it. I want to do an event or something, a championship series where maybe we take somebody here, and I take them to all the the tracks, or maybe we do uh, a group ride or something like that. Like, I already go to come to Costa Rica and we get them set up with bikes or something like that sometime because it's it's just amazing. That would be cool, like a pro guy, like a current pro. No, I was thinking more like an amateur. Oh, okay. Like somebody that races a cycle wrench. Oh, okay. Yeah, even better. Right. Yeah. Right. Something, some kind of award at the end of the year, like you, you most attendance or something like that. Like here's here's your flight. That I shouldn't even put this out there. This is just stuff. This is stuff I think about. Like how can we get it? Like maybe as a kid, and their whole family gets to come to Costa Rica, and we get to show them around, and take some volcanoes, and get to live this life, but. The, the interesting thing is, like, I can go to the back of the property in Cycle Ranch and mm-hmm. just shut my bike off 
and it feels as much nature there as it does here. Like, I really feel like we created a, a bubble that's a similar, for lack of a better term, vibration um, at Cyclone. So when you come, you mentioned that we're a destination. Like we have people mm-hmm. come from Alaska. They come, and they don't just come once. They come back. People from Canada, people from Japan. Um, they come and they consistently come from all over the world and a lot of the United States, especially when it gets cold in the winter, and they just park with us. And they just stay there for a few months, you know, a few weeks, and uh, get their film, make it their home base. Yeah, first off, that that's awesome. You got people all over the country. And second, if you want somebody for that award, I, I'm, I would love to be up for it, to go ride in Costa Rica and see the volcanoes, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm, I'm in. So keep that in mind. Um, yeah. No, I need to come check it out. It's in the southeast of San Antonio. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's pre- you said it was like a three-hour flight from the track to where you live in Costa Rica, which which isn't bad. No, it's, it's, it's really easy when it's direct. Um, there hasn't been a direct one recently, but I think it's coming back. But otherwise, we'll fly into Houston or Dallas and transfer. Right, then it's a little bit longer or make the drive from Houston. It's, it's, it's really easy. It's like farted in New York. I'm, I'm used to it. So you guys have a national track, a night track, a vet track, some turn tracks, trails, BMX pump track. Uh, I, I mean, how many, how many acres is it sitting on? A little over a hundred. It's just, it's just a paradise. That's what it really is. It, it really is that off-road. Like if that's your thing to do, go off-road whether because we have a side-by-side track that we also do first weekend of every month raptors get to come use it and then two events a year we have raptors come and compete on it we just did one we had i think we had almost 100 trucks out there and these guys are jumping like 60 feet in distance like there's a lot going on right and yeah. moto is my thing like moto is the thing that i love to do but it's not necessarily what everybody that's out there loves to do and you're talking about the dirt. I I was talking to a couple guys that have been to your track, and they're saying it's it's really fun, and it's kind of like a sand mixture. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, it's it's kind of like if you ever do you ever ski on the East Coast. Yeah, that's where I live. I'm like a Kentucky guy, so I mean I've been to Redbud and all those, you know, East you Coast. Tracks. West Coast. Never been west. Okay, so. East Coast is like usually like good in sections and full of ice everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And West Coast is like this nice powder that you gotta ski differently. It's like this cake mixture. It's fluffy, it's soft, and that's that's what we have. Um, and it's it's really interesting the way it shapes up because it doesn't get rutted except for like maybe up jump faces or something like that. Um, or if there's a, a ton of, of rain, like the corners get, it starts building berms on the inside. Like at first it'll be a rut, but there's so much powder that it just ends up building these, these really cool arcs um, and maybe a, a rut down the, the exit of it. But it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't run up like the other tracks, but it, to make it rough, what happens is we get a lot of these like small stutter bumps, but the color of the dirt and the shadows make you kind of blind to them. So you're like constantly hitting bumps and you're like, you, you can feel the rhythm of it, but you can't necessarily see it. So we have like a different kind of rough than a lot of other tracks. It's not as obvious. So you're open daily for practice. Um, how often are you guys prepping the tracks and who's in charge of it? 
So we're actually open every day for practice. So you can come any day. We prep the night track um, Thursday mornings. So we can have it open till 10 p.m. that night. And it's like becomes perfect. And then we'll prep the national track and all the other tracks over the course of the day, Friday into Friday night. Um, unless we have an event, then we, you know, we have to move the schedule up a little bit earlier. Um, a guy named Matt Cooper, who's been an angel to cycle ranch came when I reopened it and he really helped rebuild all the equipment, get it up to speed so we could even use it. And he knew how to operate a little bit when we started, like he had the basic knowledge, but he didn't build motocross tracks, but he's come so far. He, we've had, several other builders come out and he works with them and like train with them basically. Um, and then he just developed his own secret sauce. So when he, when he developed that, he built a bunch of special equipment that you can't even buy, um, built all the roads and everything so that we can water the track even while riding's happening. Um, and he really keeps an eye on the, the place in its entirety. So, we're fully prepped for Thursday night and the, the night track. And then we're fully prepped for Saturday and Sunday every single weekend. And then throughout the week, um, it's usually pretty good unless it's August, right? Then we got to do some touch up. Yeah. That's awesome. You have a lot of events this year. Uh, what, what do you have, uh, coming up? And then are, are there certain events that you get really excited for or, um, this Tex-Mex showdown you've been talking about a lot. So I, I want to get into that as well. Yeah, yeah. So well, we have the, the main event EMX um, coming up in two weeks here on February 10th and 11th, doubleheader night race for main event. And then EMX is on Sunday. That's with Mike Clement. It's, it's a series that's been around for a while. We are the opener for it. Um, we haven't been part of it. Cycle Ranch hasn't been part of it for, I think, like five years. So it's, it's really cool to be bringing those riders back and working with Mike again. Um, so that's going to be a really fun event just coming up here. Then in March, we have. Yamaha Demo Days and our Race Ready Series on March 16th, where it's really geared to that rider that's never raced or is getting back into it or just really wants to build their confidence growing gate, uh, dropping gates. And then we have some classes for like the fast riders, for our fast regulars. There's, there's a handful of them. But it's really focused around making it easier to start motocross so the families get educated and make the day easy. We'll be it on Saturday in the afternoon, so it goes into the evening on the night track. Um, and then with the Yamaha demo days there for that weekend, we'll have, we'll have a ton of, of people out for that one. So I'm, I'm pumped for that. And that's going to be the first one I'm going to be back to. Um, and then Tex-Mex, to Tex-Mex. If it wasn't for Tex-Mex and USA Championships, um, you know, I I don't I don't know what we we'd have as a, like a premier event. Those two events are so awesome. The USA Championships, which is Thanksgiving weekend, we had last year, and that's the bringing back what we talked about earlier in the conversation that uh, VP Fuels brought to the table and really built up Cyclemitch in um, its younger life. Um, and then Tex-Mex is like it falls right on the aisle though. And it's basically Texas versus Mexico, right? And oh, and last year was the first year we did it, and I, I kind of thought that it was going to be a pretty easy win um, for the, the U.S. 
because we have we have some riders from Mexico, but it was like I think it was seven points different. It was it was very basically one rider that made the difference, and I think I mentioned to you so the the rider was actually their their parents parents were from Mexico, but they were from the U.S. and like well I'm U.S. Um, so you know it was, it was interesting to see because it was such an easy way to swing. Um, so I'm really hoping you know we get some reinforcements this year for the americas and, and bring them in but we're working with fund my race on that so we already have five thousand dollars um on a pro purse for that and with working with fund my race anybody can donate to it oh, and when you awesome. donate to it, it's also a um tax deduction so it makes it a really easy way for us to crowdfund and last time we did this, we raised almost another five thousand dollars. It was mostly me calling business owners and, uh, and mostly business owners and people that I knew to, to, to get them to donate. So it'd be really cool to see if you know, the riders that think the pros should make more money, you know, throwing five bucks, ten bucks here and there. Um, so we're giving some rewards for for doing that and try to make it a way that these riders can pursue their dreams and be able to fund themselves with it without it all being on the shoulders of the track because $10,000 per purse from the track where there's no place that that money comes from, right? We have to have a sponsor for that. So we have to get somebody to write a check for it because we don't make that much to give back to the riders mm-hmm. or $20,000 per purse, at least with the size of the race, we need some huge races to do that. So we want to make an avenue that, it made it more accessible for these guys to get what they deserve because the pro riders really do deserve a lot more than they usually get at the races. So um, I'm, I'm pumped for Tex-Mex, you know, and seeing what that, that shows up. Um, last year was, was just incredible. There was a ton of people out there. It was the first time for the event. I was kind of like a guess. And um, it was one of those times where you throw the dice and land double sixes. And you're like, oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, so we're, we're pouring a lot of energy into that. And then in the summer, we're going to do a series called Motomania where we take the same strategy for um, raising money with Fund My Race for the amateur riders. So there's, I think, four or five amateur classes, and they get paid out in gift cards. So grandpa or grandma can donate to their grandson's race, and um, you know, hopefully he, he makes a little money back. And they get to write it off as a tax deduction, or mm-hmm. anybody that wants to donate, right? Yeah. Um, and, and this way, it gives some money to those racers. So we've been kind of trying to reinvent a way that can get back more to the riders all the time rather than just the, uh, the facility having, we'll give out as much as we possibly can. We always will give out as much as we possibly can, but now there's an avenue that riders can crowdsource for themselves. Um, we can get other business involved that wouldn't ever be involved before. And, uh, they're liking it. They're like really liking it. I have somebody that gave me a verbal confirmation. They want to donate big to the Motomania side. Um, so we'll see what, what shows, but you know, it's all about how do you create events that are, you know, memorable, exciting, leave those, those everlasting memories for like takeaways, but then also like 
how do you give back and help the riders so that they can make their way to their next race, whether it's at Cycle Ranch or somewhere else? And by, you know, doing the crowdsourcing with our events, we've been able to accomplish that to some level and hopefully continue to grow. That's great. And another another thing I see you guys are doing different, I've never seen this before on anyone's, maybe I'm just missing it or whatever, but on your website right now, you can go and, and set up a bike rental, you know, 250, 450, 125, you know, we got Strider or uh, Stasics, I mean, and then um, P-Dubs, all kinds of stuff you can rent. So, I mean, that's that's also a cool aspect. If you just show up and want to learn how to ride, this is, it's there for you. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, fun, it's funny because that, that's, like that's an investment in the sport to me. You know, you mentioned that we're a destination, and we definitely are a destination. We, we have a, so many people come from around, from all over the place to come to Cycle Ranch. And for whatever reason, there could be many reasons, but San Antonio doesn't have this giant rider base, especially on the south side of San Antonio, which is where we are. Right, so the, between San Antonio and Corpus, there's not a huge rider base. It's not like California where you go and there's like 200 people on the track or 90 people on the track on a Tuesday, right? Where on the weekdays, we're three to five people when we're when we're the weather's good, and on the weekends, it's 100 to 125 across the weekend. And if I just do my my locals, it's probably. 70% of that, right? So we're, we're not hitting these huge numbers and we, we really need to grow this sport. And that's always been something I thought growing up because I got, people didn't know anything about motocross. So people would just be like, oh, you know, you just sit on the dirt bike, it does all the work. You're not athletic. And that's changed, fortunately, quite a bit. Um, so we decided to, like, we're going to have some learn to ride bikes because there's not that many riders around here. And there's a lot of people moving to Texas and a lot of people moving to our area specifically, like a lot of people moving to our area. Um, I think they've put up 14,000 houses or something like that in the next three years in one project. Wow. So um, making it accessible to everybody and then because it's a destination having the premier bikes so people can just fly in. We have people that come out for MotoGP, for example, that will just book a bike to ride and they'll bring their gear and hop on or use our gear um and they'll come down and ride afterwards so because they saw it on instagram yeah but now they're in the states that's true now when, when you took over to now i know you say you just kind of brought it back but are you are you kind of seeing people catch on and and start to figure out what's going back on at cycle ranch again is there are people starting to come out and and uh support more uh each and every race yeah, the, the races are definitely growing. Um, every single every single weekend has been growth. Every single race over the, the year got bigger last year. And then this year we started off with our Race Ready Series, which is like a beginner series. So we kind of we expected like 50 to 75 entries, and I think we had 58 the first one. And then this last one I think was actually closer to 150. I haven't got the numbers yet, actually. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's trending all in the right direction and we have a lot more recreational riders and like moms and dads getting on bikes because we we also sell mantises the mantis rar we sell stasics and we rent them so if you don't know how to ride but you want to be able to ride around the pits with your your child you can just rent one of the, the mantises and it's 
the thing does 55 miles an hour and I can jump every jump except for the step up, which I probably can do, but I haven't done yet um, on the night track. So it's like, it's like a mini dirt bike, but it's electric, super easy. So we can, we can teach anybody how to ride now. And that's something we never were able to do before. Cause I wasn't going to hand most people, my, my three fifty or even my one twenty five. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, there's so many different options now with bikes and, and especially with electric bikes coming along, there's, there's really no, like now it's with electric, you don't have to worry about sound or anything like that. So there's, hopefully it makes more, uh, places to ride eventually, but, um, well, with, with a hundred acres down there, you don't really have to worry about that. So. No, I mean, where, where we are, um, actually we're like really good friends with all of our neighbors. That's good. So it's, uh, it's a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. But we do stuff with their church and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we, we, we try to do a lot and like donate with the community because we're having an impact on them. Everybody that we pull through Floresville, I think we just did an economic report for them. And I think for, for 2024, we're going to pull in like $12 million to the city of Floresville. Wow. With the number of people that come through, which is a lot of money for yeah. a small city like that. Right. So we want to be able to give back and make sure that when we're pulling in that kind of traffic, we're not making enemies. Right? We want to try to make sure that everything runs smooth. In the past, we had people lined up on the road and, and people weren't happy about it. So we, you know, we want to make sure we're always giving back to the community. We do stuff with the baseball teams, um, a lot of learn to ride programs. We go to the schools and all that stuff to make sure we're on the friendly aisle and that the noise is the noise. It's Texas. So people, people around me are shooting guns all day. So it's, uh, yeah, Real good it's, it comes with the territory, I guess. <laughs> it does. Yeah, no, it's like uh, where I'm at in Kentucky, there's really nowhere except like uh, Aaron Plessinger's dad runs a couple and that's, that's pretty much all we have. So, um, you know, tracks these days is in the Midwest, at least are few and far between. So it's like, people in these areas need to reach out to tracks like yours and just, just go for a week or, you know, and just go race whenever they can. If they can make it to Floresville, like just go because you gotta, you gotta really plan to, to go to these places. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's part of the reason why we want to make it so easy once they get there. Um, and we can help people. I even have uh, a travel agency that I can get people, you know, refer people to that, get them the whole trip, like organize a concierge service if they want to make their life really, really easy. They booked a flight and everything. Um, because we are, it, it seems like we're in the middle of nowhere, but we're only 45 minutes from San Antonio, which is the fastest growing city, I believe, right now in Texas. And it's actually larger than Austin proper. I didn't know that. No, yeah, I don't. I had to see. I was like, I heard Floresville. I'm like, okay, which which was uh, major cities it cleared close to, and it's yeah, San Antonio's right there. So, and San Antonio's growing. You say that's nice. That's it's good news for all of uh, Cycle Ranch and all the people buy it. Yeah, we're only an hour and forty five minutes from from most of Austin, so it's it's not super close, but it is kind of out of the way, but. Man, once you get there, it's like it's so worth it. Yeah, it's 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 really worth it. People, you just you know, to get to have that that space with their friends and family, 
um, or whoever they come with or, or meet new people and get to ride something that's, that's extremely unique. Um, I don't, I don't think, I think the only thing that looks like a similar section is in, in the nationals would be probably like Millville has some, some dirt that looks like ours, but I haven't ridden the track. So I don't know in terms of the pro tracks, that seems like the only place that has uh, a, they have one section, I think like, through the whoop section is kind of like how our dirt is around the, almost the whole track. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really cool. They got, so you, you're seeming like a big picture guy. Uh, this is taking this back over. What's your ultimate goal for the track? And uh, what are your future plans that, you know, adding things to it or what do, what do you got in store? So, I, th- I think, you know, I kind of just got to the point of, of knowing what, where I'm at, right? So for the, the full destination to, you know, crystallize in my mind is going to take a little time. Also, it's, it's going to be very dependent on how my, you know, my family is next time we go, go back. If they're like pumped there and they really want to be there, then, then we're going to be putting a lot of energy into it. Um, if they're not, then we're, I'll keep putting the energy into it. We just might not be as physically present there. So I don't have a solid answer right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that like feels good to me because right now with us gone, we get the community to make, get, get the community to actually make Psycholanch what it is. Cause it's like its own organism. I don't want it to be, I am a visionary, right? I am, I, I have ideas. I'm like, no, no shortage of ideas. Um, I have only so much energy, only so much time and only so much capital put forth towards this kind of stuff. So, um, it's kind of nice to see what, like what the community is asking for and what they like. So right now, like the most near term thing is, is figuring out how we're going to do our training programs. Um, we have our learn to ride, we have trainers, but we don't have a solid live-in program. And we are working on finding a way to do that. However, again, they, because I am looking at things a little different than other people, apparently, um, I look at it like the, the motocross aspect of the living program is definitely needed. And a lot of people are asking for that. But I don't want to be another place where I have, and, and, and I don't know if other places are this way, but I did have some experiences where people came to do live in, but the kids were like, they just rode their dirt bikes and then they played video games all day. Oh, no. Right. So yeah. that's not the ethos of cycle ranch. I, 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 and I, I have nothing against video games. And if you play video, like I, I played a lot of video games. And when I look in hindsight, like how much time I wasted doing that, that it didn't lead me to anything in my life. I, I kind of wish that I had a, somebody disciplining me a little bit more to point me in a direction to, to really help me stay focused on, on some other things. Um, I mean, I feel like I turned out fine and everything and I'm not dissing on them, but mm-hmm. I would much rather have like a, a good education system attached to it so i'd rather have like a homeschooling program and work study and and like you send your kid to cycle ranch for training 
they're going to come out a better rider, a safer rider, a more comfortable rider. Maybe they will be the champion of champions of champions. I have no idea. But they're going to for sure be a good freaking person. And they're going to know how to take care of themselves. And they're going to like have a very clear set of who they are and what their core values are. Then, you know, be able to speak up for themselves and also know when to, you know, hold their tongue. Because um, sometimes we got to do it um, and come back later with a, a better strategy. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that a lot of that's missing it from the world right now. And that's, that's what I see a lot of people talking about. Like, they don't want to send their kids to school no more. And they're not. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I know what I learned. I got a good education. I'm amazed at the education I got from high school. Um, but that's not what people are being taught anymore. Yeah, it's definitely changed from from when we were growing up and to now. It's a different world out there. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm with you on that one. It's uh, and it's cool that this sport, like, you can learn from it. Like, there's not many sports out there that, I mean, obviously, there's. All the other sports teach you discipline and all these other things, but motocross is a different world where you're you're by yourself and you're on the bike and it's just your own little world to do whatever you want, really. If you're on a track, just go go have fun, hit a corner fast, or just it's up to you what you want to do. It's it's super independent in that way, and it's also like super dependent because on race day there's a lot of moving parts so having someone in your pit crew like completely changes your day yes and you can focus and be such a better racer right so even just one person just like go to the gate with you so you're just focused on that they're gonna bring you back to the gate you're just you're not thinking about bikes falling over any weird stuff right they, they, they go up to the gate or they're they're sweeping out or prepping just that one little bit or doing your goggles or somebody feeding you or making reminding you to eat or whatever helping you know where your moto is, all that stuff. You have like a team element, but the racer for that moment in time is priority, right? And, mm-hmm. and that makes it easier for a racer to go to his or her sister's or brother's karate class or dance recital and support them, right? And that's, that's part of becoming a good person is knowing when you're like in that spot where it's okay, it's about, me and what I'm doing right now and I need I need everybody to help me move up the next but then I'm gonna it's not my turn it's my turn to help now so motocross teaches that in people and it's just you don't get that in, in other places a lot of times they're like dismiss the individual and it's all about the team but the individual the individual is is uh, is primary in the moment the team is holistically primary in the game yeah, exactly. I couldn't say it better, man. Like that's 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 the way it should be. I mean, it's, the sport is so unique in that way, and we can just be one with the track on our bikes. And and you, do you get to race much anymore? Do you? Is that something you like to do, or are you just kind of like a practice kind of guy now? Dude, I I get to race. I get to race. Nice. It's 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 so freaking good for my mind. Um, you know, I was off the bike for like five or six years aside from like a little bit of trail riding right maybe if there was some motocross track off the tra- like there was a small motocross track i could hit with my my dirt bike here that if you ever make it out i will take you to but it's not like it's not racing 
right? So um, I got back on and it's so weird because does this happen to you like where you think about riding you're like, I don't want to get freaking hurt. I don't have time for that. And like you're thinking about riding like I don't even know what's going to happen. And then you get on your bike and you completely forget all those thoughts and every other thought and you're so one with your bike it's like a freaking like you just put new shoes on that fit you perfectly and then you just rail and like at the end of the day like you just like feel like you just had all these phantom fears for no reason and it reminds you of that like with other things when you have fear does that happen for you too it does yeah i'm especially now i'm at a point in my life where i'm like okay i got little kids and uh you know, if I want to go travel to an event or something, like, do I really want to get on a bike and try it out? But yeah, it's it's the same for me. It's like you forget about it once you're there. You're suiting up. You're like excited. It just brings back all the feelings that you love about the sport. It's it's just great. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So so after seven years of not being on a motocross track, I had a lot of fear for that. And um, my first lap on my new bike, well, I do a side lap, and then the first jump off the <laughs> after the side lap. I landed in mud and ended up breaking ribs. And I was like, what's going on here? Like, but mentally I could, I knew how to ride already. I like, but physically I had to get myself back into it. And when we do the racing, it like sharpens the mind, it sharpens the body in so many ways that when the race is over, like for the next week, like anything that comes at you is so much smaller in comparison to that gate drop. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Cause yeah, you get hyped up for that gate drop. It's like, uh, it's a weird feeling. Like, you, no matter what, no matter how old you get, you still get nervous for it. And, I mean, I'm sure the top guys now in 450 class still go through that, and they've been racing their whole lives, and millions of gate drops. It just never goes away. Yeah, well, you have to put your game face on, right? Yeah. Like, I, I the first time I skydived, I'm going up this plane, and I had... I had a fear of heights. So I was like, I need to go skydive. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> that's, doing that's that. That's how I think. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm in New Zealand and I'm going up in this plane and it keeps going up and it's taking like 20 minutes to get up because we're doing high altitude jumps. We get an extra 15 seconds or whatever. And we got oxygen masks on. And I'm like thinking to myself, you know, what the hell am I thinking? This is what, why, why am I doing this? Like, this is so silly. Like, oh, and I'm like trying not to look down, trying not to look out the window, how far we're going to jump. Right. And, and playing all these games with myself. And then I just took a breath and I had like a moment of seeing the start gate and lining up to like a full start gate. That makes sense. And I was at complete peace and I like put my game face on. Like it's just time. This is just freaking time. And the more we can do that in our lives, we're like it's just time to go. It doesn't matter what is facing in front of me. It doesn't matter how scared I am. The more we have those moments in our lives, like I think like ridiculous amount of growth comes from exercising that, that moment of courage. So I hope I'm always racing, I guess. Yeah. We need to hang out, man. I need to go skydiving with you. I need to go surf. I need to do something. I need to get out of my comfort zone. So we're going to link up and we're just going to do it. We're just going to make it happen. We're just going to face it like a gay drop. I think that's kind of the way I've, I've approached things in my life. So, like, the crazy stuff that happens to all of us, like, every single person has drama in their life. They have some chaos. They have some issues. They have some problems. Whatever you want to call it, right? It's just it's all the same stuff. 
but like until we like turn and face it what's like what are we doing we're just gonna wallow like, I, and, and when it comes to race time like you have no choice you're either gonna line up in the gate or you're gonna go back to your trailer if you go back to your trailer you're never coming back to the track yeah you just gave up yeah it's not you can't you can't you can't give up you can't ever just like turn around i don't think i've ever seen anybody do that so if you you just got to give up the sport if you're gonna do that you gotta go to the gate <laughs> and you gotta go out there and get it and and if you do that on sunday and you have man if you have a 40 person gate do you think when you walk into work or walk to school or your girl's giving you something or whatever, your partner is giving you some, some stuff. And do you think you're going to be like moved by it? Nope. No one does. Like, <laughs> so, so for me, it's a little, you have that mental health aspect that just like allows you to walk in your, your confidence. Every time I race, it reminds me of that. And every race, every time before I'm going to race, like I get that anxiety built up. Like, should I race? Should I race? And uh, most of the time, I can do it. So that's good. Yeah, that's cool, man. I got two people telling me to do Loretta's, but that's a commitment. Oh, do you, is that a dream? Do you want to do it? Well, I I, I went to Loretta's uh, when I was sixteen. I think it was sixteen. Um, in ninety-five, yeah, sixteen or seventeen. And that it was a, it was a great experience. Um, I got like a thirteenth in my two fifty C and twenty first, no twelfth in two fifty C, and twenty first in my my one twenty five C. So nice. That and 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 had a lot of things go wrong. Like it wasn't my best showing. It wasn't a good representation of where I was at. Um, so it's, it wasn't in my mind at all until I got back to cycle ranch. And now that I'm riding again then uh, it might be something we have to do. But that means my family in uh, in Texas for a lot of time yeah. and a lot of me riding. So True. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. That's cool. That's cool. It'll be fun. You have a great, great life set up for yourself. I mean, you got a great track, all kinds of good things going on. I'm, I'm glad that you had this opportunity to sit down with me today and, and talk about it all. I, I, there's so many things I feel like I can learn from you still. I, I, I feel like we covered a ton about what, what the track means to you and, and just what you, you want people to feel when they go into the gate of it. And um, it's just, this is a destination place that people need to go to. I mean, it's Southeast of uh, San Antonio, everybody in the world needs to go and check it out. That's really where it's at. When are you coming? If we can get a plane set up, I'll be there in like an hour or like whatever, <laughs> however long it takes. If, I love that answer. If you, want, if you want to fly me private, it might be a little quicker, but we'll, uh, tomorrow. Let's do that. Well, but maybe we make it for when I'm back. Okay. Maybe, maybe you got to come out for Tex-Mex too. That would be cool. I would, I would love That's to see it. that. Big pro purse. That would be cool to see. Yeah, we get, we get some really fast racers. We've had so much talent come through the track. But seriously, anybody that wants to come out, like we are probably the most welcoming organization you'll ever meet. Um, we want want to accommodate. We want it to be fun for everybody. We're not going to let people take advantage of us or anything like that. But, you know, if anybody that wants to come out, message us on Instagram or, or Facebook or call us. Call us is actually probably the best. Um, but, you know, we'll take care of you. In any way. You need bike rentals, you know. 
learn how to ride, camps, practice every day. This place has it all. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to plan my trip as soon as I can. And, um, yeah, we're going to meet up, man. This is this was cool. Thanks for going through uh, your life and uh, your track with me today. It's, uh, you know, we're going to I'm going to have you back on and get an update. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I'm excited to hear your perspective because next time I'm on, hopefully you've been there and, and um, you'll be speaking more to it. So thank you so much for the time and the questions. I, I really, it, It's really nice. The questions you ask get me talking about things that I, like, I, I don't even have these conversations in my mind, right? So you, you pull stuff out of me um, that I, I would have completely missed, and it's, I really appreciate that. It's... Uh, it's very helpful for me as I figure out the future of Cycle Ranch because maybe we do have a school out there. Maybe we have a surf park out there. If we have a surf park out there, then I might not need Costa Rica. No, you need Costa Rica. You definitely you don't, you don't want to give that up. I, I promise you. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. Thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. And everybody for listening. Thank you for, if you made it this far, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me today and, uh, I'll talk to you soon. God bless. All right, guys, there you have it. Ian Gray. If we're going to Costa Rica, we're crashing at his house. That's where I'm going anyway. So do, yeah, I'm going to cycle ranch. Like I said, beginning of the show, you should too. Definitely go to their website and see what events they have this year. They got a whole calendar of events and the track is always prepped for practice days. It just sounds like the ultimate track destination for anything, just vacation. Or if you want to, you know, train for Loretta's go there. Uh, just, just go have fun. And, and when you go do Ian a favor and put the phone down and just get in tune with the environment and, and have fun and just get out and become one with the track. That's the goal of Cycle Ranch. Just be present in the moment. That's what I learned. So that's what I can't wait to do. And I hope to see you guys there. So we're going to get in touch with Ian uh, later on down down and catch up how his year's going and, and just touch base. He's a good dude. So uh, look forward to that in the future. All right. Give a big shout out to Bub Dog, Duke Dog, Ginger Dog, Chili Dog Wes, Bird Dog, no thanks to Slaw Dog. Uh, thanks to Boots Dog, CMXR Dog. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week with another show. See you.